Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. I can do or in my in my hopes is in by sharing these this story of mine with someone like yourself and others that I have in the last 12 months of my life is to gift a piece of that energy that I have used in myself to go along on this journey and path you know what I mean so I'm not going to give you the answer about how I did it I can barely even tell you how I did it because I don't even know how I've done what I've done because it took so much more than my timestamp my date stamp of February 24th of 2020. That people are like, oh, you just stopped. And I'm like, yeah, I did just stop. But do you realize how many days and weeks and months and even years before that, that I had to think about the fact that I should probably not be doing this, you know? So what's really, really helped me is exactly what I'm doing here with you today is telling people about my journey. All right, all right. And that is Spencer Plussell. Spencer is... Spencer. <laughs> Spencer. I got to leave that in there. Spencer is has been in the creative design and marketing world for quite some time now. I think 15 plus years, but I reached out to him. He had a post on LinkedIn saying that he stopped drinking a year ago. And I was interested in that, reached out to him, and we just ended up having an awesome conversation about that. Recovery, about clarity, about everything. Under the sun, it was an awesome conversation, so check it out. And on other side of the fence, I am back. The little hiatus I took is gone and done, and we are back in action. And a whole new slew of things are happening that I will share at a later date. Anywho, as always, as always, as always, I love y'all. Y'all the best, and I cannot wait to uh, continue this journey. All right, peace. John. Hey, what's going on, sir? Not much, man. How are you, brother? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good. Hang on, let me just make sure my audio is coming out of the right thing here. Sweet. Yeah, thanks for doing this with me, dude. I'm pretty Yeah, pumped. of course, yeah. man. Yeah, rock on. Yeah, I was checking out your website. I was checking out all your things. It was funny. I don't know if you, uh, on YouTube at all, you know, the future. Yeah. Crystal yep. and all this. So I just did a podcast with Ben Burns yesterday. I don't know if you know the bigger, the kind of stockier dude that's in some of the videos, kind of bald beard. Yep, yep. And, uh, so it's cool, man. I've just been, I think I kind of told you when we talked, like I've been really hitting up the design world and the creative world, and it's been it's been cool thus far in 2021. Yeah, dude. To meet to meet some people, like so much support I've gotten from the creative community, people on LinkedIn just reaching out, and so for thanks sure. for uh, yeah, thanks for being another. From what it looks like, you got you got a lot of shit going on. You got your shit together, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. I know I know that always looks different on the outside, but I yeah, love your, I oh love man, excited and all your work. So thanks again for doing this, man. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be on here hanging out with you, man, and just having a casual chat, right? Like, and I, I definitely appreciate the sentiment. I mean, yeah, you're right. It does look like I got my shit together, <laughs> doesn't it? That's that's the that's the main goal. That's the trick, right? Isn't that the trick for all of us? Don't we all want to make it look like we've got our shit together, but really, like, we might not. <laughs>
no, it's all good. No, I do appreciate that though, man. Yeah. I mean, I've been working really hard to be where I am, just like anybody probably has or would, and that, that wants, that has goals and dreams and, you know, has a measurement of success in their life. So yeah, definitely appreciate it, brother. Yeah. How do you, before I forget, how do you pronounce your last name? Yeah, sure. It's Plusle. So think like a plus sign and then an E and an L. Okay. Plus. Plusle. Yeah. Like Brussels. Like Brussels sprouts. Plusle. Yeah. Or, Plusle Ru- or Russell. Russell. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. My name to- was originally going to be Russell. I was, Russell was one of them. So Russell Plusle would have been the name. <laughs> yeah. Very fitting. Who was, I was just talking to somebody about the, the names our parents give us. And it's like, sometimes they're just so boring or sometimes they're just so dumb. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Actually, it's funny, like your name itself, how it's spelled. That's how I, when I think of Sean, I think of it spelled that way. Cause mm-hmm. my good buddy from college who I actually went into business with as a business partner, uh, he spells it the same way that you do. So when I, th- when somebody says Sean, I think of S E A N. A lot of people think seen that's what yeah. he got the most shit for growing up. That's yeah. That's what my brother always used to call me seen all the time. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess give me, give me a lowdown of your, uh, your business. What are you mainly doing design work wise? I know I see you do a lot of consultation. I yeah. see you're doing brand identity. I mean, you got a lot of stuff, website, all yep. that stuff, you know, what mainly is kind of, at least I guess sure. these last few months, you know, what is your kind of go-to thing? Yeah, my core focus, uh, I, I focus on three separate areas, really, and they can all be wrapped holistically up into one. But, you know, marketing and creative strategy and brand strategy is like where I'm leading, what I lean into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in order to kind of get to that place with a lot of the brands and companies and organizations that I work with, I sort of start with usually your website, right? That's where I'm starting with most people, whether they don't like a startup doesn't have a website and needs one, or many of the time it's a website redesign that I'm coming in and helping out uh, with. A lot of people, you know, come to me with the fact that they don't have access to their current site, or they don't know how to update their WordPress website. They need to change an image, or you know, most recently in the last 12 months, I've been hearing a lot of I need to add like a COVID protocol, and yeah. I can't access. I don't know how to do it right? That's the biggest thing. So it's websites and then brand identity. So somebody that needs maybe a a logo redesign or a brand new logo for a company or organization, and then then flowing and funneling into full brand strategy, being it your marketing strategy, your creative strategy, maybe your media strategy, whatever that might be. So yeah, yeah, that's a good time. Yeah, that's all the stuff that I've been I've been uh, loving life about recently. Anyway, digging into it. It's it's a lot of things that I feel the behavioral health world I think needs to uh, spend more time in. Yeah. I think with people who in mental health and everything else, it's been kind of a topic that's come up a lot in my conversations as of late. Cause I feel like that's a big thing that's missing. Cause me being in that rehab scene and yep. being a part of the services, like it would have been awesome to go online while I was in rehab to watch YouTube videos of the CEO or whatever, you know, people would do it and check it yep. out, especially when you're limited to what sites you're going to, but just establishing totally. that connection to the people who are using your services. I feel like that's a big piece that is missing in the behavioral health world. I don't know. Where are you located again? Uh, I'm in Minneapolis, St. Paul, okay. Twin Cities, Minnesota. Okay. So yeah, it's probably something similar up there, I would assume. I don't know oh, how it yeah. is you know, out West, but I feel like they're just kind of, I don't know if they feel like it's a commodity or what, but it's definitely a difficult thing to put my finger on. It definitely is. Yeah. I'm I mean, we have Hazelden here, right? So that's one of the largest places for, you know, um, 
addiction and okay. mental health issues and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's a really large facility here in Minnesota. And, you know, it's tough because yeah, you talk about commodities and things like that. That's, it's definitely where it's gotten to. And it's it, it, it transitioning the mindset, right, mm. of what it is and what it can be and actually assisting and helping people um, is something that, you know, we're at we're at the we're at the forefront of what it can be based upon the digital technologies like you're talking about like youtube and channels and things of that nature right showing that there are other people that have you know have and do struggle with things in life and now there are platforms by which people can share those stories and others can tune in and you know not feel so alone <laughs> it's the yeah. biggest thing one mm-hmm. of the biggest things right yeah, it's definitely I mean hands down I think that's why I kind of fell in love with storytelling to begin with is not only does me just trying my best to be real, authentic and vulnerable, not only does that make me feel better, right? Not only is that the only way to establish connection with other humans, but it also someone else here is that, oh, I'm not the only one who's going through this shit too, right? And exactly. <laughs> that's something that is I think you can't overlook just the comfort of knowing, oh, I am not the only fool who is struggling with this. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to put it. Cause yeah, you get so many people that I know that have struggled and do struggle with uh, addiction to all different types of substances. It's definitely a world that becomes very alone. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like we're talking about with, <laughs> we, I hate to say the advent of everything that we have, but let's be honest. I mean, we have, computers in our pockets, you know, that have answers to the ends of the earth and back, (laughs) you know, and they might not solve all your problems, but at least you have something there that, you know, you can tap into other humans that you have this realization point of like, holy shit, there really are, there really are, I'm not as alone as I think I am, but that doesn't deter from the fact that you might step away from some some of the te- technology that we have and still feel very alone, right? There's still that that juxtaposition and balance that has to happen, that harmony that is necessitated within the own individual mindset and feelings and who you are with also the actual content that might be put out from somebody that is very like or similar to you. Yeah, yeah that's a, it's definitely a beautiful tool to have. What I know I kind of, the reason why I originally reached out to you, Spencer, was you reshared a, a post of somebody I think who had like seven years of sobriety or something. And I think you, you commented and talked about how you stopped drinking. I think it was almost a year ago or something. Yeah. Yeah, actually it was. Yep. 365 days ago. Uh, as well, I mean, not as of this you know conversation, but uh, February 24th of 2020 was uh, when I decided, and my, rightfully so, there's a lot more that goes into the decision than just like that date and time that I went cold yeah. turkey, if you want to, if you will. Uh, but yeah, February 24th of 2021 was then 365 days alcohol free for myself. Awesome. Was was that something like, obviously, was that something you saw in your life for just like health reasons? Was it for personal reasons? If you don't mind, yeah. you know, I don't know, whatever you're comfortable with talking about. Oh, I'm yeah. No, I'm, I'm comfortable talking about all of it for sure. It was for a magnitude of reasons. The biggest thing for me was like, it was less about giving up. So if you think, so if you think about a focal point, Mm -hmm. it was less about the focal point of giving the one thing up. It was more about this large field of view of all this other stuff I was going to be able to do when I didn't focus so intently on alcohol consumption. Mm. In my case, craft beer, there's a spectrum of, alcohol, you know, like there's a spectrum of the way that people have issues with alcohol. And in my case, I 
came to the realization that my alcoholism was derived in the light switch concept or binge drinking, right? I'm from the state of Wisconsin. What do you associate Wisconsin with? Bees, me or bees, beer, uh, beer, cheese, bees. That's how I came to that conclusion. <laughs> uh, beer and Just cheese, right? Them together, save some time. Smash. Yeah. Save some time here. Uh, beer and cheese, right? Like I'm a Wisconsinite. It's in my blood. It's in my, I'm, I'm a German, you know, and I, I'm Irish and German heritage. It's all there. It's just who you are. It's part of my nature. I grew up drinking, socially drinking, got to college, partied out of college, careers, jobs, friends, partying. I just, I just, I'm a social consumer. And I just had gotten to the point in my life that I was spending so for, for the few hours of partying on a Friday night or hell, even a Tuesday, because we went to happy hour after work with coworkers and you were tying one on on a Tuesday night and Wednesday was just a complete wash. So in a different reference to that, like a Friday night, having, you know, eight to 10 beers, hanging out, maybe at a friend's house or whatever, and then not feeling great for three four, five plus days afterwards, my hangovers were so bad that I essentially was just, I was wasting, I was wasting my time Hmm. for, for, for me to have three hours of conscious, fun, social partying. And then another three to four hours after that blackout, not remembering anything, but still functional. I was a functional alcoholic, you know, consuming beers. I would not not really big into hard alcohol, um, just craft beer, the big scene. I was in the craft beer industry for or beer and beverage and craft beer industry for 10 years of my life, like oh, actually yeah. employed in it. So it was become, became part of who I am. I mean, I mean, look at my complex. I have a big beard and long hair. Sure. I mean, I, I'm a hippie kid. I fit the definition of a kid that should be brewing beer, right? Like I'm a home, I've been a home brewer for, you know, over six years. I have all the equipment. Like when my friends in inner sphere of influence looked at me, they're like, they just know me as the beer guy. Like if I, if okay. they were yep. looking for suggestions about the new coolest creative uh, beer or brewery or thing to do, the, I was the guy that people came to in my, once again, in my sphere of influence. And not that, that, that I didn't like that. I still love it. I still love everything about the scene. It was just, I got to the point where it was like, man, like I'm saying, my hangovers were so bad and I knew that I needed to stop. Like we've all, we've all drank to the point of waking up the next morning going, I'm never drinking again, right? How many, uh, I mean, how many times have you told yourself that? Oh, I'm never yeah. drinking again. And then it's like four days later and there's something that comes up and you're like drinking again. And you're like, son of a bitch, what am I doing here? Damn you it. know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what it came down to for me. That was the biggest piece. Obviously there's, it's, it's a layered cake, right? When it comes oh, it to does. the whole yeah. piece of it. So like, it wasn't just like a cold turkey thing on February 20th of, of 2020 or February 24th of 2020. It was me for many months before that realizing the patterns in my life, what was happening, telling myself, man, I should stop or I should, I should cut back, you know, those typical things that any addict goes through. And you're always doing it while you're like, you got a buzz or you're high. You're always quitting. It's so easy to quit when you're high. (laughs) Of course. Right. You're like, oh man, I should probably just take like a week off just to like kind of just detox out. And then, and then, and then like Thursday rolls around from the last weekend that you were, that you were, you know, having a good time. And you're like, well, here we are again. And somebody's asking me to go to a brewery tonight. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. So, but so like really my biggest thing was, you know, it wasn't about the elimination of something. It was about the additive things in my life. And that's the toughest thing to bridge and overcome because no matter what you're addicted to, 
it's that is the thing that matters the most. Well, I was able to figure out in my own mind, body, and spirit how to say it's not about that substance. It's not about, I don't need that to live the life that I want to live. I need all these other things that I don't have the time for because all I'm worrying about is what's the next coolest brewery that's opening up? What is my next buddy going to say? Hey, let's go to this place and go have some beers or come over and let's, let's drink and hang out and do whatever. It doesn't matter. So I eliminated something, but really what I did is I added so much more to my life. And what do I mean when I keep saying that? I mean, I added things that I never have been able to do when I was focused on always drinking. And like I, like I said, I'm a light switch consumer. I wasn't just going to have one or two beers because if I was going to have one or two, I was going to have six to 10 just just because I have all these delicious craft beers in my fridge or I was out and like, I'm just going to go out meet somebody for a a beer or a cocktail or whatever it might be in their case. I'm going to have like a bunch of them because we're at this cool place and there's a bunch of, yeah, you're going to have a few to like hang out and like, you're just having a good time. And like the energy's high. And like, I, I, I mean, I naturally have a lot of passion and energy and I'm already high on life enough as it is. (laughs) So like, and I'm just like crazy off the wall. And like, I already have this this sort of zany personality. I don't, I don't necessarily, I, 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 I didn't necessarily need alcohol. It just was part of who I was growing up. It was just part of me. So honestly, the elimination came. I, I stopped a couple of years back. I, I eliminated alcohol for about three months and it worked, but you know, it was something I just did. And then after that, I went back to drinking beers again because why not? I, I proved to myself that I could stop, you know, I can stop at any time, right? That's, that's what we say, right? As, a, as an addict, you're like, I, I yes, can stop at any are. time, you know? And it came down to me to the point where I was just like, there's so many other things I want to do. I want to, I want to be able to, I don't want to be in recovery mode all the time. And that's what I felt like I was. I was just yeah. living a life of recovery all the time. I'm hungover. I don't want to do anything. I'm not doing the simple things, you know, like sweeping the garage out or something random. It's like, ah, I'm not going to do any of that crap. You know, I'm not going to clean the basement. I'm not going to clean up my, like my woodworking bench or anything like that. I'm just going to just like, not, I'm just going to sit here on the couch and watch Netflix because I'm hungover as fuck. And I'm just wasting my Sunday. And then, you know, like, I don't know. No, that feeling. Yeah. I do not miss that at all. No. See my, my thing, I wasn't, I wasn't a much of a binge drinker. I I would drink every day, but it'd always be a few. Sure. And that's how I justified keep to keep drinking forever. Like even when I, you know, then you realize, Oh, I didn't have any, I didn't have any money to even be spending on this anymore, but I'm still doing it. And I I feel like, you know, like you said, I think it becomes such a pattern of behavior of you're doing it. You've done it every day for how many years? You know, you've had a few every day. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. And it's just, and it's a hard pattern to break, man. It, it really is. is. Super and for hard. me, the biggest thing was, I keep saying the biggest thing, they're all the biggest things, right? <laughs> all mounted to what it's been is that I don't even say that I haven't drank alcohol for 365 days. The more fulfilling thing for me is I say, I haven't been hung over for 365 days. Mm-hmm. That is so amazing. I, I was looking for more clarity and focus in my life and alcohol was clouding it. Like yes. I, I, could, I could feel my internals of my body after I would drink. Like I knew, I knew for a health purposes, I knew my body, my body was like, dude, you have to stop doing this. Like I could, when I would walk out into just like the natural world outside of my house, things were starting to become fuzzy, Hmm. like visually fuzzy, hazy, felt that like kind of cloudiness. Like when you wake up and then it goes, you know, like, oh man, I'm up for the day. And then like, 
within like 30 seconds to like maybe a minute or so, you should be more clear, right? From like your, from your siesta. But (laughs) I was not naturally becoming clear each day. So I knew from a health perspective, yes, but it was, so that was an underlying piece in there. I talk about the layers of this cake of life and this addiction and this elimination of alcohol. But at the same time, it, it wasn't necessarily just about the health piece. I knew that it was part of it, but more so it was, it was just about the fact that I was done spending so much time hungover and not doing all these things that I wanted to do in the last 12 months. And now, obviously, you know, since this conversation I'm having with you, I'm, I'm over a year now Mm -hmm. of being alcohol free, but I did so much. (laughs) Like I've done so much, like I got laid off from my corporate job early in 2020 when the pandemic hit, because I was in the restaurant, uh, franchise restaurant space. And as we all know, restaurants took a huge hit. That industry took a huge hit. And I, have been doing freelance independent work for many years, 15 plus years. And I've been taking on client projects in the design and creative and marketing strategy space for a while. I just needed to kick it up a few notches in order to do that more in a full-time capacity Mm -hmm. to generate enough revenue to live life essentially. And I don't believe that I would have had the clarity and focus had I still been consuming alcohol. I eliminated and deleted all of my social media channels that I was using for just frivolous entertainment for myself, (laughs) Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, the list goes on and on. And I eliminated them. I was spending, you know, we all find ourselves scrolling on Instagram for two plus hours. Yeah. For doing nothing. Sometimes you don't even read anything. You just scroll. You're just scrolling. And I'm not saying that the content's bad. I'm not saying these platforms are necessarily bad. And that's a whole nother podcast on addiction, (laughs) but, um, I'm just, I'm just looking at like, there's great content out there, right? There's great videos. There's great images. There's wonderful photography. There's great, you know, words that people write and stories people tell through these mediums and these platforms. But at the end of the day, for me, myself personally, mm-hmm. I found myself sitting on the couch or wherever you might be two and a half hours later, you look up from your phone, like, oh my gosh, what would, what am I, do- what did I just accomplish in life? Not that you always have to be accomplishing things in life. Just me personally. I have this, you know, view of the world and myself of like, I always want to be, you know, Mm -hmm. moving forward or, you know, downloading knowledge and, or experiencing life and this, this device that we're on and, and and we just get so, so we're just literally like that. Where's the cord? Where's the tether, right? We're just like, so plugged into this thing that I eliminated all those channels. I kept LinkedIn clearly. That's how we found each other. Uh, and I kept that for my business purposes to focus my time and energy there to, you know, make connections and build a network of like-minded individuals that want to change the world in whatever capacity and way possible. So I kept that, but eliminating social channels and, you know, what like from the alcohol elimination to eliminating social channels to then uh, striking up and doing yoga, like literally right here in my own living room. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big workout guy. I played hockey my whole life, but I never was like, I don't hit the gym. I'm not like, I, I walk into a gym and like, I don't know what to do when I get there yeah, kind of guy. Yeah. Same here. You know? Oh. So like yoga in my mind was always like something that I thought I would enjoy just because I want to like center myself and be connected with the natural world around me and like really just be mindful and focused on who I am and what I want to do and, and use that to manifest, you know, what I have going on in my life. And so I started practicing yoga. And once again, from an addict's personality, I took it to this extreme, right? I was practicing 60 to 90 minute sessions almost every day, all, you know, all throughout 2020. And 
all of this stuff that we've discussed so far has nothing to do with the, the, the impending, uh, pandemic, like how it was, you know, nothing to do with any of that. It was just stuff that was going on in my life that I was doing. I took a 31 day road trip in August of 2020, living out of my Jeep Wrangler with all the gear and food that I pretty much needed. And I traveled West from Minnesota and I went to 12 States, nine national parks, put 6,700 miles on my Jeep Wrangler. I went mountain biking. I went backpacking in the backcountry in the wind river range in Wyoming. I went to the coast. You know, I did so many different, I, I I never drank a drop of alcohol along that way. Catch me a year to two years prior. If I had said I was going to go do that road trip, it would have been focused around going to all these cool breweries and places along the way. That would have been the main focus. The main focus for me was being outside as much Mm -hmm. as I possibly could. So I literally lived in my tent in mountain passes and just like go hit like Crested Butte, Colorado was the first place I went to. Rolled in, went to a bike shop, said, what trails should I ride that are the most badass? And where's the free dispersed camping and the Bureau of Land Management areas that I can camp in. And that's how I made friends. And that's how I met people. And it was awesome. But like alcohol and, you know, focusing on like what breweries I should go to, what beers I should be bringing in my cooler, that would have clouded my, you know, dream and vision of doing this thing of Mm -hmm. just like a 31 day road trip, work from anywhere road trip. I mean, I worked on some cool client projects during the time. I took conference calls like this with, you know, video conference calls and, and talked to random people and met people via LinkedIn. And it was, it was great, man. So I think I'm just, yeah, that's awesome. just, just changed my whole focus. So when I talk about all these things that I'm telling you right now, you can see and hear the fact that it's not about, it wasn't about the elimination of a thing. It was the addition of so much more in my life. Now that yes, I did eliminate the consumption of alcoholic beverages, but there were so many greater things that came out of it than like, okay, now that demon is gone. I've eliminated that demon. It wasn't about that. It was the addition of all these other focus areas in my life. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's an awesome way to put it. Addiction, such a, such a strange word, such a strange thing. I mean, you have the the medical, the medicalization terms, you got just so many different things that go along with it. And I think essentially it really just comes down with an individual trying to get fucking real with themselves, trying to get to know who they are. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, the vast majority of time it's you find people that it's escapism from some kind of mistake, pain, hurt, whether it's childhood trauma or not, you know, but, and then there's other times where it's just something you did was drink six beers every day for 15, Mm -hmm. 20 years. And it's like, wait, why am I doing this? I don't even I don't even really enjoy doing this anymore. And, exactly. And what else could I be doing in place of this? Like you said, in that way, it just addiction's weird, man. There's so many different paths of it. Like, yep. you know, whether you call it recovery, sobriety, whatever it is. I mean, yep. and kudos to you for mustering the courage up to like take that journey, dude, because it's not easy. It's no. scary as shit. It's no. hard. You got to look at a lot of things about yourself that are negative and dark and selfish and I think it's important to have that mindset you have of as far as like the addition of things. I'm not giving something up. I'm gaining something. Yeah. Because too often we do. We just try to eliminate that demon and do nothing else. Right. Yeah. And you don't know what else to do now that that's gone. You know, you've eliminated that thing that you knew. You finally came to a realization point that you had an issue with whatever it might be. You eliminated it. And then you feel completely and utterly lost because you don't yep. have that thing anymore or you, you, you use it as taboo, right? You look at it and you're like, I can't have that. It is bad. 
So since you associated with that, that's still the only thing you're thinking about. When if you, and it's it's not easy, clearly it's not easy to look at it and say, okay, I'm going to eliminate you, but I'm also going to turn my back on you. Not that I'm not going to pretend that you're not there. I'm just going to turn my back on you and go find a bunch of other stuff that I can focus my time, energy, and life on that is more fulfilling. See what it is for me is, you talk about like the medical conditions and like like all this stuff and people want to label things and da 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 whatever. I think it's very individualized. Absolutely, there's no blanket fix for everyone that is, you know, addicted to heroin, addicted to alcohol, addicted to meth, blah 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 blah. Whatever you might, I don't know, addicted to eating toilet paper. I don't know, <laughs> right? Like, there's so many different types of addictions, not just drugs. But where where I'm headed with that is the fact that like when when you look at someone that is addicted to some type of substance, let's just say. And when I'm talking about turning, turning your back on it, it's not, it's not turning your back. Like it's not there, right? Cause it's still part of who you are. It's who it's, it's where you've become, it's who you've become. It's who you are now. So it's never going to go away. That's why you talk about mm-hmm. recovery, right? Like you're, uh, you're always in recovery because you're always thinking about it to some degree, some more than less. But at the end of the day, you know, if you can focus your time and energy on other things, you're going to be that much better off, which like I'm saying, and you're saying it's, yeah. it's not an easy thing. It's not a simple task. <laughs> no, there's a, there's an awesome song lyric that I love. Um, and it's, don't you ever tame your demons, but always keep them on a leash. And, <laughs> you know, I totally love that with anything that you're struggling with, or even anything that inside of you is I, I truly believe like we all have a happy Auschwitz guard inside of us somewhere. I really do. And it scares me, right? It scares the hell out of me that I could potentially be that person or mm-hmm. that has something in me that could grow and potentially be that. And to like just know that and to get to know it and to kind of put it into a higher order self is something I think is priceless. And kudos for you for having that awareness, man. Because it's, it's, I think that's the key that is missing in mental health recovery is just self-awareness. We walk around thinking we know who we are, but we don't have any idea. And I think right. we got to learn to get to know ourselves somehow. Yeah. Tap in, tap into that inner self for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a big piece of it for me was really just finding a way to love myself enough to get through it, accept myself enough to get through the, you're a shitty person stuff, right? Oh no, we're all yeah. struggle with this stuff. And you know, I think that's one key because you end up, I, th- I think also what you did, I guess, in other words, is you stopped chasing happiness so much as you did meaning like what is going to give my life meaning this work is this is you know happiness is getting high like i'm happy as hell when i'm high but that doesn't stay around happiness never stays it's elusive once you get it you think you have it it's gone but then to develop that uh all right now i'm going to find meaning in life is a huge piece I like that. I like that. Finding the meaning, purpose. That's what I was sought after, right? And for myself in the last 12 plus months was the, this purpose, greater purpose, and not necessarily setting out to find that answer and then knowing it and then having a fulfilling and living life to like, yeah. you know, the level that I was hoping for in that searching journey. I think it's continual, right? I think, I, I don't even think, I believe that someone, in this case, myself, since you we're talking about the self and it's very you know, uh, individualized, I would say that the journey I'm on is purpose-filled, meaningful, like the words you're using, you know? And before that, you're right, happiness, just being happy. I was happier than hell the last 16 years. I was riding high, man. I've had a great time and I don't regret any of it. 
you know, but when it comes down to it, like there was, there was a greater purpose for myself. Still don't know what the true purpose is, but know that I have a purpose in being Mm -hmm. here and alcohol in my case doesn't necessarily need to be part of that. Now, one piece of my story that I haven't gotten to yet is (laughs) I've had some individuals that I know in my first tier ring of influence and circle approach me and ask me how I did it. That's the question. How did you do it? What did you do? What's your silver bullet? That's what everybody wants to know. Like it's directions to a gas station. Yeah. 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 You're right. You just take, you just go down, you know, Nevada and you take a left (laughs) on 49th and then there's a holiday gas station right over there and you're good, man. The answers are inside. All you got to do is pay for them. Right? No, it's, I've been approached in, and rightfully so. I try to, I try to, I can't give you the answer about how you have to solve it because I don't know your world and reality from your perspective. I can't get directly behind your lens. I can try to get as close as I possibly can to that based upon what you tell me or what another individual is able to tell me. But what I can do or in my, in my hopes is in by sharing these, this story of mine with someone like yourself and others that I have in the last 12 months of my life is to gift a piece of that energy that I have used in myself to go along on this journey and path. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to give you the answer about how I did it. I can barely even tell you how I did it because I don't even know how I've done what I've done because it took so much more than my timestamp my date stamp of February 24th of 2020, that people are like, oh, you just stopped. And I'm like, yeah, I did just stop. But do you realize how many days and weeks and months and even years before that, that I had to think about the fact that I should probably not be doing this, yeah. you know? So what's really, really helped me is exactly what I'm doing here with you today is telling people about my journey. Getting rid of those stigma, you know, any any addiction, in my case, alcohol has a huge stigma. And in my world, coming from somewhere that it's just a normality of social consumption throughout high school and college and where I'm from in the world and, you know, just social consumption, social drinking, having a good time. What are we doing today? Well, drinking. we're doing this thing, but we're drinking at the thing. We're going to do that thing, but we're going to be drinking at that thing. There's a stigma around it. So the biggest questions that I would get, like I'm going back to, you know, having people ask me about, well, what did you, how'd you do it? I just, I'm just, I say, everyone is different. I'm not going to be able to tell you how I went cold turkey because you have to find that in yourself. You have to understand who you are and what you want in life. And I understand that you might want to not be consuming alcohol or whatever substance it might be. But you also really, really want to keep consuming that alcohol or substance, right? We really want to do. I mean, even today, I sit here before you, Sean, I know exactly what craft beers that have alcohol in them that I want to drink today, tonight, Mm -hmm. after my hockey game. I know that I want to pound back a cold Coors Light because it just is refreshing. And after a hockey game with all the buddies in the parking lot, that's what is the normality. That's what we do. But in the last 12 months of playing puck, after the games and everybody's sitting around, somebody cracks a you know case of beer. I just drink water and I'm okay with that. It's not it's not necessarily e- it's not the level of ease for every individual is different. It's easy for me because I already had made up my mind long before I stopped consuming that I would be all right in those situations. I can go anywhere and do anything. I can go out and party till 2 a.m. in the morning till bar close with friends at a local bar or pub or whatever or brewery or go to a concert or festival or something. And I can go do those things. Not everybody can do those things because those are triggers for some people, right? 
some people have to completely disassociate. And I'm not saying one's better or worse or good or bad, or I'm not comparing. I don't want anybody to compare their journey to mine. I just know that my transition period was fairly easy. I got lucky in the alcohol space in the last however many years, right? We've had the NA, non-alcoholic and alcohol-free scene. You got things like Odules, that's an easy name, and Sharps <laughs> through Miller. Those are easy names to remember, right? Those were, there's a stigma on those. They taste like crap. No one drinks that shit. It's like, that's somebody that's an alcoholic that is, has a problem if they're drinking that stuff. <laughs> well, right? Luckily, in the last 12 months across the pond in Europe, it's, 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 it's been around for, the movement has been coming on a little stronger than the last 12 to 24 months. But here in the United States, there are some breweries that are focusing on non-alcoholic or alcohol-free craft brewed beer. And it's beer, right? It's water, hops, mm-hmm. yeast, uh, malt, and it's, it's some, there's some good stuff out there. It's just like a spectrum of regular alcohol-filled, I don't know if that's a good term, alcohol, like regular beer. There's a spectrum of really good stuff and not so good stuff. Same thing in the in the craft, non-alcoholic scene. There's some really good stuff that I find. And and because I was, like I said, I was in the craft beer and brewing industry for 10 years. I just have an affinity for it. I have an affinity for the beverage. I have affinity for the lifestyle. I have an affinity for the ingredients. I mean, I grew hops in my backyard. I I have a double tap. I have a double tap kegerator in my basement still. It might be a little dusty now, but you know, I, I the transition was easy for me. So from my consumption days. I, I, I have my hand up here that I'm holding an imaginary 12 ounce can that has, <laughs> that, has tw- that has alcohol fill. That's, this is a beer. This is a six and a half percent IPA that I'm, I'm fictitiously drinking right now in this left hand. And then for 16 years, I did that. And then in the last 12 months, what I did is I passed that 12 ounce liquid over to my right hand. And this can is an IPA that is... alcohol by volume. And it would take me 150 of them to feel any effects of alcohol, which you're never going to get down 150 non-alcoholic or alcohol-free beverages. But for me, that transition was seamless. And I got lucky that right now in the US in the last 12 to 24 months, there's been these breweries that have been either popping up full-fledged Athletic Brewing Company is one of them. As an example, they're a completely non-alcoholic brewery, started on the East Coast. They also now have a full facility on the West Coast. They bought Ballast Point Brewing Company's facility and now are brewing. They're huge. And I'm not saying they're the only one. There are many others. And there are other breweries that brew traditional beers are also brewing and adding NA or alcohol-free AF option to their lineup. I'm also connected with other individuals from across the pond. Like I'm saying over in Europe, I got sent a box of 12 different alcohol-free beers from Europe, all around Europe that are amazing. Like not all of them amazing, but many of them very, very good good because they've been doing it for, they've they've been in that scene and space for a lot longer than we have over here in the States. Now that transition I talk about for myself was very easy because I am this craft beer guy. I love it. I love the scene and like all of that, that goes into it. But for some People, that transition is not the same. Having an alcohol-free beverage doesn't necessarily give them the same world, you know. And it, it might have a trigger for them, or it might they, they might try something and be like, "Well, this 
It doesn't do anything for me because I want the alcohol in it, right? So like, because your brain, you have to disassociate with what you had before and what you have now. My association is the fact that I'm standing around with me and you and five of our other buddies in the backyard playing some yard games or something. And all you guys are drinking and I'm not, but now I am. I'm still drinking. I'm still drinking a beer. It just doesn't have any alcohol in it. And yeah, you're right. I'm not getting all fucked up and I'm not going to be wasted after, you know, 10 of them. But that doesn't matter because guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to wake up yeah. in the morning, <laughs> norm, normal, whatever normal is. We're all kind of crazy, but I'm going to wake up feeling great. And everybody else is going to wake up feeling like shit. And <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm better than them. It's not a comparative. I just know that I don't want to be that way tomorrow. Yeah. You don't want to feel like shit pretty much. Exactly. hundred percent. 110 million percent. I don't want to feel like shit. And that's my biggest precursor of why I'm here in this journey is I was wasting too much of my life feeling like trash afterwards. So I had to, in order to not feel like trash, I had to not consume because I was going to consume more than less in a sitting. And it was going to make me feel like shit the next day. Yeah. And that's so, again, I think you really, I love how you really touch on it's so individualized for each person because that's what we all want in our life is to, to just somebody give me the friggin' answer right now. That's it. Yeah. I want it fixed and done with so I can move forward. And yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so different for each individual, man. And that's where we can't have, we can't have blanket statements on how to fix people yeah. or treatments on how it works for everyone, you know, cause it doesn't every, yes, we're all humans. That's great. But at the end of the day, we all are wired just a little different. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. So when people like, I, like I was alluding to before, when people are asking me, how are you going to, how did you do it? What did you do? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to tell you my journey. I'm going to tell you my story, but you're probably not ever going to be able to replicate what I've done because it's going to be specific to you. The way that you think about your journey with alcohol and the way that you don't want it anymore, or the way that you want to change things in your life based around around that idea of consumption, it's specific to you. But let me tell you my journey. Let me tell you the ways that I've thought about it. Let me tell you how I've shifted my mindset about what I wanted in life. And hopefully that will gift you some of that energy, whether you take a higher percentage of it or not, it'll gift you something to think differently. That's my biggest thing is yeah. that a lot of people are stuck in the sights of right here, forward in front of them, a lot of tunnel vision, a lot of blinders. I personally like to tilt my head a little bit to the left or to the right and see things from a different perspective and go, wow, I've always thought about it this way, but holy shit, I can tilt my head a little to the left and there's a whole other way of looking at that thing. And that's with anything and everything in life. So the concept of like, yep. it's always been done that way, or that's why I do things because of that's the way I've always done it. It doesn't fly with me because no. there's always a different way to think about it or always a different way to do it. And not even just around like the topic of discussion right now, anything, think of something the way that somebody's always done it. You can find another way to think about it. Yeah. And that does my, my full circle of what I've been really hitting home in 2021 that a business that can apply for a business as well, because a business is pretty much well, just like an individual. And so many individuals don't know who they are and they get stuck in their old patterns and they want to, don't want to change. And it, you know, it's so true. So thank yeah. you for swinging that around Spencer in full circle of my point of 2021 thus far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I try to make things holistic, right? Try to keep it. Yeah. Well, it is. And that's a funny thing, right? That whole cheesy Taoist saying of everything's one. 
Well, it is. We just came up with language and separated everything. That's very true. <laughs> we have our language has gotten in the way because we don't have the words to explain the feelings that we have mm. all the time. Right. That's a tough, that's one of the toughest things. That's why we need more creative people. You know, that's why we need more creative people to have the confidence and the love for themselves to keep putting themselves out there because creative people rule the world and change it and drive it towards change always. So yeah, man, all those other people need to shove it and step aside. <laughs> Let you, the creatives go. Spencer, do you find, uh, I want to be mindful of your time too. I know we're coming yeah, up man. at an hour, but do you find yeah. like, your inner work that you've done, you know, the introspection, all of that, how has that helped you in your business sense when you're consulting with people, when you're doing brand strategy and marketing strategy with people? Oh, it, it, it's, it's a direct correlation and translation of who I am and what I do. I bring that into the work that I produce for brands, companies, and organizations. The clarity and focus that I've found in my life from all of the story that I just told you today mm -hmm. has helped and assisted me in my journey with others. The biggest thing for me is this ability to, you know, see inside of businesses in a way that others don't necessarily or can't. Not saying that others can't. I'm just looking at if you think about the individual business owner and yeah. you know, they get so close and people that are inside of a brand or company or organization, they get so close to the things they're working on. Sometimes having that outsider perspective really helps. And I'm not talking from like an outsider perspective in like, I'm an outsider, employ me into your space. I'm talking about, I can see from the outside of a different vantage point than the average person can on the inside of the core of some organization. And I honestly, that, that, that's what I love most about this translation of what I've done in my life, the focus. And I, I keep going back to focus and clarity, honestly, the focus and clarity that I have for my personal, you know, existence is what I bring into anything and everything that I do for any clients or partnerships that I strike up. The companies and brands that I've partnered with, you know, they have to fuel, it has to be a two-way street, right? The yeah. person that works at a company or organization or is an owner or whatever it might be, a founder, they have a passion for that brand. And there are some brands and companies and organizations out there that I don't have a passion for, right? Not in a good or bad way, but just in a way that doesn't fuel me. Yeah. So yes, I might be able to bring something to the table for you. I might be able to help you strategize and take your business to places it's never been. However, if it's not the right fit, I'm not going to just take your money and run, which I'm just a one-man independent marketing creative consultant. Now, I also have been a previous agency owner and agency builder, and there's a whole different level and concept of overhead in life. I myself, my overhead to run my life is very pretty, pretty low, you know? So I'm not, I don't have employees. I don't have an office space and a building, and I don't have all those things to think about. So I come in with, uh, in on partnerships and projects in a different mindset than maybe the agency does. But I also have the perspective of what it is yeah. to be an agency in the creative space and what it takes to, you know, land projects and partner with certain companies or organizations. But, you know, when it really comes down to it for me, man, it's, it's just, it's just about working with people that I can partner with and we have the same common goals, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, it's it's kind of my mantra. I take brands to places they've never seen before. That's what my LinkedIn headline says. And that's literally my goal. And that's very subjective, right? Because each brand that I work on or work with or partner with isn't necessarily going to be taken 
to the same level. It depends on what level you're at right now. Yep. Where are you at in your world and how can we take it to the next level? The next level is not just like hockey stick growth, even though that's what everyone wants. However, it might be incremental in what you're putting forth as your current strategy or what you're executing on or what your initiatives are and ultimately what your goals are. If you know what your goals are, or I can help you map your goals, and then we can take your brand to the next level through certain tactics and strategies that we'll work together on. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And that's the, uh, again, thank you for bringing that whole whole point back around because <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes I get confused whether we're talking about working on personal development or we're talking about business. And I love yeah. that. That's better. As long as you can mesh them together, that's the biggest yeah. thing, right? Like you got you to gotta gray there you got you got to blur the lines here's my big thing too you got to blur the lines between the physical and the digital world mm. right the the digital world is what we're all plugged into we're not getting away from it anytime soon no. right we're not i'm not trying to fight against technology but we have to blur the lines so that we don't just become completely sucked into the digital space we are still physical beings in this realm that we're in and if we can blur those lines, we might be healthier as a, as a whole species yeah. than we could ever imagine, right? <laughs> I mean, you watch people walk around sucked into the, to the phone oh, in their man. hands. And I'm not saying there's bad stuff on there. I'm not saying that, that, that no, technology you know, it's, is. It's that balance. I love it. I've learned yeah. I can find any answer I want when I'm trying to do something. Like I'm, I'm becoming, I don't know if. I can say I'm a self-taught designer. I'm becoming a self-taught designer. I'm yeah. teaching myself design, whatever. That's, that's, you know, priceless for video production, for anything you're trying to learn and teach yourself. Right. It's huge, man. So Spencer, yeah, man. anybody wants to get in touch with you just to see what's up or work with you or whatever, how do they uh, go about doing so? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you can find me at, I mean, my website is spencerplussell.com. Uh, my last name spelled P-L-O-E-S-S-L. And then from a social, I mean, you can contact me there for sure. Check out some of the brands that I've worked on. And I'm also on LinkedIn. It's my biggest platform, as I kind of stated here in the cast. Mm -hmm. uh, you can message me there. All my, my emails there, me at spencerplussell.com. My phone number's there. Everything's there. I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to communication. So link. Beautiful. LinkedIn is my, my biggest platform that you can, you can reach out to me. Send me a message. Yeah. And I can vouch for that because that's how I got in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It works. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, again, taking the time to do this. I would love to stay in touch for sure. I would love to uh, have maybe an off the record conversation with you and pick your brain on a few things. If you uh, yeah. ever have the spare time, I'll hit you up. I got plenty of time, brother. Good. Good deal, brother. Hey, thanks again, man, for doing this. I'll be in touch. Yeah. Cheers, son. All right. Later, man. Peace.